It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today the Adam Ritz Show is on campus, Texas A&M Commerce, just outside of Dallas in Commerce, Texas, and we are broadcasting in front of this beautiful live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much for that lion's love that you just threw at us. We are on campus today, uh, and we travel the country to talk to student-athletes about their uh, integrity, character, Uh, We love the sports aspect. I'm a big sports fan, but we also love character, integrity, community service, and mentoring. And we now welcome to the show Joe Bergeron. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Fantastic. Great to see you again. I've had you on the show before, as a matter of fact. And uh, love your character, love your integrity, love your radio voice. Give us some deep, uh, deep radio voice love. Uh, yeah. Say, about uh, as deep as I can get, right? Say there. it's the Joe Bergeron show. It's the Joe Bergeron show. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we were talking off mic before about the stuff you do back in your hometown. Where is that? Uh, Mesquite, Texas. Okay. And oh, others, yeah. Give Mesquite, Texas, a round of applause. Representing. And what do you do when you go back uh, to your school, your high school, to uh, help mentor and work with your alma mater and your high school student athletes in Mesquite, Texas? Uh, generally, I just go whenever. You know, coaches having meetings with the players and whenever they're just in practice or working out or something like that. And because uh, a lot of them still try and keep in touch with me. Um, they talk to me through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, and they keep up with me in the in football sense. And not just that, but off field as well, just making sure I'm all right. So, you know, I want to return the favor and make sure they're doing OK, too. Return the favor. That's great. Uh, play, pay it forward. Uh, they look up to you as a mentor. You were a star in high school there. Now you're a college football star. Um, who were some of your mentors? Uh, my mentors were, geez, I had a couple of them. Uh, Marquise Green. Uh, he was the starting tailback my sophomore year. Uh, Jamarcia Baines, Marcus Bagley, uh, Damon Patterson. You know, it's a lot of people that have gone everywhere over the country to play football and you know, my head coach, uh, Mike Robinson, uh, he helped me through all of my years in college uh, and also, you know, my journey in coming here also. So um, I've just had a couple people, you know, not really many, but, you know, a lot of people that I still keep in touch with. And now. you keep you still keep in touch with them. That's what I was going to ask. Um, and, uh, you know, they're important to you. You know that you're important to other people. Uh, it's a it's a you know, it's a circle. It keeps moving forward. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show to talk about how important it is to be a mentor. Keep that at the forefront as you're off the field, your character, your integrity. It's fantastic. Let's have a round of applause for Joe. And thank you so much for hosting the Adam Rich Show here at Texas A&M Commerce. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. We'll file this uh, conversation under inspiration and uh, leadership. 
from a motivational speaker, Josh Sunquist, is our guest now. Hi, Josh. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's just an honor to have you on my show. I, I know who you are. I've known who you are. You're a celebrity, uh, both inside the arena of inspiration and outside, just from uh, virality and social media and pictures and your own YouTube channel. Um, I've read online that you're uh, a motivational speaker, a YouTuber, um, a cancer survivor, a Paralympic is that right? A Paralympian? Yeah, yeah. Para, yeah, I went to the Paralympics in 2006 as a ski racer. Okay, Alpine so racer. for our li- this isn't television. I guess we should describe for our listeners. You <laughs> are uh, the, probably the world's most famous one-legged man. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. There's there's a couple a uh, couple of, you know. Well, yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, among amputees, um, yeah. I guess there's not a lot of us out there, huh? Yeah. Well, but yes, yeah. For the listeners who uh, who cannot visually see me, yeah, I have I have one leg. I'm missing my left leg. I lost it to cancer as a child. And I mean, you're a young guy right now. How old are you? Uh, just turned thirty. Just starting your thirties, young guy. Um, I mean, you look younger than that. I mean, you look well, like you're you. still a teenager. <laughs> uh, full of energy, full of life. Lost your leg to cancer, and now I guess. You're making the best of it. I mean, I read online uh, something about you. Was it your quote that said that when life gives you lemons, you make the world's greatest Halloween costumes? Yeah, yeah, w- w- yeah, or yeah, w- when, uh, yeah. When when life gives you lemons, make awesome Halloween costumes. There you go. So yeah, that's been so, my life motto. <laughs> for our listeners, if you don't know who Josh Sunquist is, once we describe this next phase of this in- interview, you'll know exactly who this is. Um, you're probably the most famous not famous person alive because everybody on planet earth has seen your halloween costumes yeah that that might be true yeah and it's funny because yeah obviously being costumes a lot of times my face is covered or whatever and uh so yeah sometimes people will come up to me because it, it's obviously i'm an amputee you know people be like oh i see you're an amputee you know people always want to talk to amputees for i don't know why but people always come up like i see you're an amputee have you ever seen that guy on the internet who does these awesome costumes They're like yeah yeah he's amazing yeah <laughs> his, his stuff is brilliant it is, yeah Wow. Well, let's go ahead and go through some of those costumes right now. I know uh, our listeners have seen the uh, the flamingo. Is that the most famous one? Yeah, the flamingo is the, the most famous one and the most difficult to describe uh, by, by speech. You kind of have to see it. Uh, but, yeah, because when I tell people I, I was a flamingo, you know, they imagine, oh, like I was just standing on one leg. But I'm actually doing a crutch handstand, and my foot is the flamingo's head, and I have, like, an elf shoe that is painted like a flamingo had uh so yeah so so yeah it, it uh i was surprised myself like i thought like i i was at a zoo one day and i was like that looks kind of like me doing a crutch handstand and uh and then when i saw the photo i was like bam yeah that really does look like a flamingo so that halloween when you were walking around normal you, you didn't look like a flamingo you for pictures yeah. you had to actually do the handstand yeah. to pull off the costume yeah when i was walking around i just looked like a one-legged man in a pink leotard <laughs> it was that was a weird one that was a really strange uh costume in that and sense. you got that idea at the zoo is this yeah. where you get your inspiration just throughout the year when you're, whenever you're someplace and you say, you know what, that might make a good costume? Yeah, you know, like you said, um, I make my living as a motivational speaker and, I, you know, a lot of my speeches, a lot of what I do on stage is, uh, is humor about having one leg, right? Which is something that's obviously not something you'd expect to be funny. And obviously there's a lot of things about having one leg that aren't funny, that are, that are sad and very difficult. But for me, you know, like one of the ways I deal with it is through the humor. So in that sense, it's like, that's almost part of my job and my mission in life is that I'm always just kind of like looking for 
uh, sort of humorous sides of my situation as a person with a disability. So the sources of the costumes, inspirations can come from anywhere. Yeah, uh, I did a, a leg lamp one year, the leg lamp from Christmas Story. That was uh, my girlfriend suggested that idea. Um, one year I was a partially eaten gingerbread man, and that was just from uh, from Shrek. Remember that character mm-hmm. in, in Shrek? I was yeah. that. And then this past year I was a foosball character, um, at which uh, yeah, just a YouTube viewer suggested that to me to be a, to be like a foosball man, and uh, and I was like, oh, that's so perfect because like I was just telling you, I actually now play soccer for the U.S. amputee soccer team, and uh, we of course it's not anything like foosball. We like we play on crutches, um, but uh, but it was appropriate for the stage of my life because now I'm, I'm playing on the U.S. team, and uh, I, I don't know when this show will air, but um, in December we will be going to Mexico for the amputee World Cups. So yeah, it's a really really exciting time for me. That is so cool. Josh Sunquist is our guest. Uh, those Halloween costumes you just mentioned, we'll picture. Uh, we'll, we'll put links to those pictures on okay. on the website adamritzshow.com. You've got to check these pictures out. And I know our listeners have seen a few, if not all of these um, uh, costumes that you've had. I, the one that I couldn't find online when I was looking for you was the the pirate costume, which is almost. Too obvious right. with the peg leg, but yes. but I mean that's got to be. Where's that picture at? Well, yeah. So the pirate costume actually, I, I just made that once for a video. It wasn't even related well, wasn't Halloween. to Halloween, and so it sort of it sort of circulated because people were like yeah are, are like oh he dressed as a pirate once too. But like you said, that's that's very insightful of you. Yeah, I try to avoid costumes that are like too on too the nose, or it's just yeah because people are always like why don't you be a pirate or be like a shark attack victim or a zombie. Yeah. But like to me, yeah, it's like yeah that's that's obvious. I'm not trying to make a joke out of actual limb loss I'm trying to think of like okay this is the way my body is shaped now like what sort of a creative thing I can do with that and so that's what I usually try to do with the costumes so what's on the horizon anything uh, stewing in the back of your mind for the next Halloween uh, I've got a lot of ideas um, you know it's like a lot of things you know I think this this shape could work or that shape could work but I'm kind of curious to see you know in the next year like what is there some big pop culture event that I can like reference with the costume or some major uh, you know brand or whatever that I can <laughs> emulate. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, but, uh, yeah, I always have, like, a running list of just, like, tons and tons of things that I think I might be able to do. And you said somebody suggested on YouTube um, one of the costumes. So yeah. you, you have fans, t- I mean, tweets, YouTube suggestions, I, I mean, just pouring in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, the foosball one. And I, I yeah, I couldn't believe that I had never that one had never occurred to me because it was just it was like when they said that it was so obvious. It's like because foosball players, uh, you know, they always have that like mono leg. Yeah. And uh, and I was just like, oh, that's just such a perfect costume. Um, so yeah, so that was at uh, for YouTube. We have a big like conference every summer called VidCon, and so that was actually yeah at VidCon. I was talking to people about what costume ideas they had. Someone suggested that, and I was like, oh, that, that's a good. What that's, is your YouTube channel? It's uh, youtube.com slash Josh Sunquist. Okay. So just my name. Well, let's talk uh, soccer real quick. Yeah. Uh, you're on the national team, yeah. and uh, there's a competition coming up in December. That's right. Um, how did you get... I guess invited to play, or was there a tryout, or um, how far around the globe do you travel? Yeah, so the U.S. amputee team has not been historically very good. Um, a, a lot of that is because, you know, relative to other nations, soccer is just not 
as big a sport here. So um, we have not, the, the amputee team has not been to the amputee World Cup in 10 years. So this is actually like a pretty big deal for us that we finally got enough good players and, and gotten funding. Uh, Budweiser is our sponsor now. And so, yeah, so we'll be sending, a, so yeah, we had, we had tryouts last summer and, uh, and I made the team and uh, we'll, yeah, we'll be headed down. So our first, it's just similar to the FIFA World Cup. It's, uh, you know, there's a, the first round, like the knockout round. So our first round is uh, Japan, Turkey, and Iran. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully we'll be one of the top two, and then we'll advance to the tournament from there. And forgive my really probably stupid questions here, um, but to qualify to be a competitor for the amputee team, yeah. I mean, does it have to be a leg? I mean, yeah, I, no, I no, would no, imagine a, that, a, really that an question. arm would count. Yeah, no, in, in, in that sense, I find it a very funny sport, like almost... It almost seems like someone made it up as a joke because, uh, like, the field players have to be on crutches and have one leg, and the keepers have to have one arm. So it's like you, you oh, kind of, yeah. yeah, you kind of think like somebody was like drunk or something. It was like <laughs> this would be funny. What if people who had to catch the ball were missing an arm, and the people who had to kick the ball were missing it's a leg, leg, and then somehow that's that became actual amputee soccer. So that yeah, so that sense. yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I guess it, in some, in a sense, it's like people are. Um, sort of having to compensate for their disability in their position on the field. Okay, so what's the digital property for, for that team? Is there a oh, website? Oh, oh, yeah, geez, I should probably know. I, th I think it's ampsoccerusa.org or, or something. We can just Google yeah, can U.S. Google amputee it. soccer and, yeah. and follow the team. And, and um, it's like a professional, I mean, you're a professional athlete as well now. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we get some pretty sweet jerseys and <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, before I let you go, I want to talk about your motivational speaking. Yeah. Um, when did that start? How did that start? How often are you speaking? Yeah, I started speaking, uh, actually just doing like fundraising speeches for my hospital. And then uh, when I started ski racing in high school, I started speaking a lot more and people started paying me for it. And that's sort of how I funded my, my ski racing. And then I just kept speaking and eventually it became my job. So yeah, that's what I do now professionally. Just give speeches at um, conferences, conventions, corporations, schools, pretty much anybody who will listen to me talk. And what are the, what's the reaction like from the people in the audience? Both at the event, just after the event, and then through Twitter and social media later. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's really, really gratifying to have a positive reaction. You know, I think I don't, I don't think of myself as a, you know, a guru on life or anything. Like I'm more of just a storyteller, right? So I'm, I'm going up and I'm sharing my stories, my, my funny stories, but also like you know, the, the hard things I've been through. And I think that, um, you know, as human beings, we're wired for a story, right? And so people can naturally relate. And you know, most of the people in the audience aren't missing a limb, but everybody's missing something. And so I think they naturally are able to, in their own mind, make a metaphor for their life um, that relates to, to my story. And, and that's where the message comes from. I have to ask you, uh, you bring up comedy and funny stories. Give me a funny story. Oh, <laughs> well, I, you know, I think, um, I guess my favorite kind of things are, are, are the, the questions that people ask me that are just, that just make no sense. And this is like <laughs> on a really regular basis. Like uh, I had this girl one time when I was wearing my artificial leg. Right now I'm not wearing my leg, but uh, I was wearing my prosthesis and uh, this girl was asking me about how it works and what it's made out of and stuff. And, and she looks down at the prosthesis and she's like, oh, well, is the foot fake too? <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like, 
and she was she was like a teenager. This wasn't like a child or yeah. something. Yeah, and I was like, uh, but yeah, I was I was sarcastic with her, but I, I she didn't even realize I was being sarcastic. I was like, oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that like the doctors actually took my real like live foot and attached it to the end of my artificial leg. She was like, wow, that's that's like really amazing. And that was, is a great story. Yeah. You, I, you probably had the craziest conversations. Oh, my gosh. So many weird things. Yeah. Like I said, it's just something about having an obvious disability gives people or certain types of people license in their mind. Just like, I think I'm going to come up and ask this guy about his personal medical history. Well, and you throw in the fact that you're, you're a young, good-looking guy with, with punk rock star hair. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you're pretty no- noticeable when you're walking through a city. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah, and of course now, you know, these days, like, people, because I, I do look young, people often assume I lost my leg in Iraq, um, and that is, uh, and that is also actually pretty awkward in a sense that people all the time, like, in airports will come up to me and be like, thank you for your service to America. Like, they don't, there's no preamble, they just assume I, like, and I, and I feel so bad because I'm like, I don't want to take credit for, like, the You're actual right. heroism of people who have lost limbs, but yeah, also I, I know if I tell them I had cancer, it's just, it's such a letdown. Yeah. They're like, oh man, like I thought you were this hero and well, it's and just cancer. It might make it's, them feel worse. Yeah, yeah, um, then they feel bad. You're like, oh, cancer, that's not very patriotic. Maybe there's a way you can become an honorary member of the military somehow, go do, go overseas, get on an aircraft carrier, give a motivational speech. They put a, they give you a military jacket and yeah. you're an honorary member. And then yeah, uh, that I should, problem yeah. goes away. I should do, yeah, one of, one of those like tours of, uh, you know, uh, where they send like performers you, or whatever. And then, yeah, and then I could at least be like, well, you know, I had, I had cancer, but I have done the USO. So I've met some, uh, some people, you know, who are true heroes or, Well, in yeah, addition to your resume, <laughs> which is unbelievably monstrous, you are now also an author. Yeah. Um, you've got a new book out. Tell us about the book. Yeah, so my book comes out uh, December 3rd, 2014, and it's called We Should Hang Out Sometime. It is a memoir of my dating disasters, <laughs> as uh, mostly as a teenager, but like middle school, high school, college. And basically, when I was about 25, I had never had a girlfriend. And I was like, because but I've been trying to like date people, and I, I was like, why has this never worked? And so I literally um, went back and, and sort of tracked down like these girls I tried to date in middle school, high school, college, like to talk to them and be like, why did you not like me? And so the book is 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 sort of the stories of those awkward uh, dating problems that I had, but then also the investigation that followed, and and, and ultimately I. Uh, this is, I guess, the ultimate spoiler, but ultimately I, I, I did learn some stuff about myself and, and meet a girl, and we just got engaged about two months ago. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you That's very awesome. Much. Yeah, yeah. So through cool. that process, you found out you were a pretty good guy. Yeah, though, that was kind of the thing I, I realized was that the problem was me thinking that there was a problem, yeah. you know, that, that, and, and that was like the insecurity that was like causing problems. Um, so yeah, so that's what the book is about. It's called, we should hang out sometime subtitle, embarrassingly a true story. Josh Sunquist, the most famous person you don't know, you already know. <laughs> uh, when you look at the website, adamrichshow.com and see the pictures of his Halloween costumes, you'll know exactly who we're talking to. Um, we need to go to your digital properties now, what, uh, website, uh, Twitter, what is it? Yeah, I'm pretty much on all the social medias, uh, but yeah, you can easily find me. Uh, I, like to, I like to say that I, I own the search term Josh One Leg. If you Google Josh One Leg, you'll find me from there, but if you want to actually type out my last 
last name, Josh Sunquist. That's my username on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Tumblr, Instagram, uh, YouTube, you name it. I'm, I'm there, and I'm putting up media all the time. It's just a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, Adam, thanks for talking to me, and I uh, appreciate you introducing yourself. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. I'd like to take a minute to uh, replay a conversation we had recently with a good friend of the show, Coach Jim McElwain. Uh, now former head coach of Colorado State University, the Rams, out in Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, recently named new head coach at the University of Florida. And we welcome back Florida head coach of the Gators football squad, Jim McElwain. How are you, Coach Mack? Yeah, I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you on the show again to talk about social awareness and community service uh, and character and integrity from uh, from an athletic and a, a college football point of view. Uh, you don't get to be in your position with these D1 college football players without uh, knowing a little bit about character and integrity, and we like to hear what head coaches have to say on these topics. So putting you on the spot, what do you think about character and, and integrity when it comes to your players um, on the football team? really starts with uh, – you know, one of the first things is, uh, you know, we ask our guys to go ahead and be selfish. And what we meant by that is you got to start to learn to take care of yourself before you can affect anybody else. And then we kind of move into selflessness, you know, where selfless, where we're talking about, you know, now it's time to impart more of yourself to where you can affect somebody in a positive way. And we constantly on a daily basis remind each other, you know, each one of us is responsible for our own actions, and our actions speak so loudly. No one else can hear you say, yeah. you know, hear what you say. And, uh, you know, at the same time, it's we really stress, hey, guys, you know, hold each other accountable and affect somebody in a positive way every day. Do you have um, situations on campus where you'll hear from a professor or alumni or even out of state, you know, when you're on the road and you hear from a mom or a parent um, that they witnessed one of your players doing something above and beyond in the vein of character, not just holding the door open for an old lady behind them, but uh, how, how, give me a couple of those stories, some of those success stories and how that makes you feel as the head coach. Well, you know, it's it's numerous, you know, and, and uh, since we've been here, what uh, we've done, uh, you know, with our image is something I'm telling you I'm really proud of because uh, obviously, you know, we all want to win games, but, you know, it's it's the bottom line is the reason I'm here is, is to help these guys become better for the rest of their lives. And uh, the impact of being Rams is something that um, we're able to impart throughout the country and, uh you know, I, I get these constant emails, uh, professors, people in airports, stewardesses, you know, when we're on the team playing, we've never seen a team act like this, uh, you know, and, and how well behaved they are. And, you know, those are things kind of as a head ball coach into a lot of these guys, you know, kind of a father figure that uh, maybe some, you know, grew up in a little different area or something. And uh, for those for those stories to come back, those are the things that warm your heart. Yeah. Coach McElwain is our guest. Uh, and when you look at a football team, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and I'm just a, a simple guy that can, that can look at that list and say that the seniors are the leaders. Um, is it uncommon to have a freshman, a young guy, a sophomore, a freshman step up and, and all of a sudden by the third week of the season, they're the leader? Does that happen? You know, we encourage everybody to be a leader. You know, there, there's no reason to sit back and, and wait. I think you know, there's some things called, kind of times called the bystander effect, that when you get in large groups, 
You know, people just sit there and watch instead of, you know what, this isn't the behavior, this is what we want to get done, whatever it is. Or sometimes when you're in a one-on-one situation, you know, you can affect somebody a little bit more. We, we constantly talk that, look, there's nothing that says you're anointed as a senior, now you're a leader. Uh, you can affect somebody around you every single day in a great way. How do you handle, you know, let's be real, college football players, they like to have fun, and it's a social setting, a college campus. There's bars. There's, you know, if they're 21, it's legal for them to go to a bar. What is your approach with a 21-year-old player with the social scene and the bar scene? Well, I think, you know, really it's how you want to be viewed, you know, on, on the outside. And, you know, understanding that no matter what, you're a target. And no matter where you're at, you're on display. You know, we're all in a fishbowl. And, you know, your behaviors are simply uh, somebody taking their phone and taking a picture of you. And although it might be that one instant, that'll be the burning thing in everybody's mind is when they see, you know, some silly incident. And so we talk about it all the time that you not only represent yourself, you represent your family, you represent this university, this football team, this community in this state. And uh, you got to take that with you everywhere you go. Coach Mack, before I let you go, it's a social awareness radio show. We talk about social media and social media responsibility. Uh, I think you're a young coach, but I can sort of tell you're an old soul, especially when it comes to social media. Um, Do you have a favorite one? Do you Facebook? Do you tweet? (laughs) I've got some of the best stuff there is. (laughs) All you got to do is just check me out, man. It's good stuff. Okay. What's your Facebook? (laughs) Or or what's your Twitter? At Coach Mack? (laughs) You got it. Okay. All right, I'll do some research on that, and, and we'll post. We'll, I'll, I'll tweet you, and I expect to tweet back, okay? And you'll get it. Okay. Coach McElwain uh, engineered one of the most amazing bowl games ever. The 2014 was at the New Mexico Bowl, the win over Washington State. If you don't know the game I'm talking about, listeners, Google that. You, As a college bo- football fan, you need to know this game. Coach Mack, thanks for joining us. As always, Adam, it's awesome. Thanks. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. I'm in San Diego, and it's beautiful. And if you haven't been to San Diego, get on a plane right now. Come here. Spend a week here. Uh, Back to business and leadership and philanthropy. I'm in San Diego at the AFLV National Conference. It's the Association of Fraternity Leadership and Values. And we're joined now by Richard Arquette. Hi, Richard. How are you? Doing well. I uh, am curious as to what your role is here with the AFLV West. Uh, I'm a graduate intern, um, and I'm from Oregon State University. Okay, so you're a graduate student with the Beavers, Oregon State. Uh, what's the name of that town that that campus is on? Uh, Corvallis. Corvallis, yeah. What's the background? Is that French? I have no idea. I, it looks French. I remember I've seen it on a map, and uh, it's really a, a, a two-trick town with either the Ducks or the Beavers. <laughs> so you chose Beavers over the Ducks. Uh, I did. Uh, not really... Not a big football fan, but didn't, I mean, once, once you're there, you're kind of required to be. Well, the Beavers had a pretty good season, uh, in re- especially since they've changed their uniforms. I think that's the key. You get a new uniform, you'll be a good football team. Where did you do your undergrad? Uh, Eastern Washington. So they, okay. we actually, our football team beat them the first game. So. Is that, okay, that's uh, out about what, Spokane? Yeah, close by Spokane, Cheney, Washington. Okay, so you go to Oregon State, uh, grad school. What's your focus? Uh, student... College Student Service Administration, so student okay. affairs. 
student affairs and, and you're an intern with this uh, leadership conference. It's the Fraternity Sorority Leadership uh, Conference, really, the AFLV. And we encourage you to check out uh, AFLV.org. Is that correct? Correct. And so you, you find you've got a passion in your heart for working with uh, college-age kids on, you know, being better people and making good decisions. That is, that is exactly right, yeah. What got you into that? Um, actually, as a student leader, um, I started in my residence hall and then um, joined a fraternity um, as a first-year student, and um, it blossomed from there. So as an intern here with AFLV, uh, what do you hope to happen as far as your career? You want to be a dean of students somewhere? You want to be a Greek life coordinator early on, and then by the time you're 60, own a college? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I think that's everyone's hope. Um, I think right now I'm, my focus is um, around, uh, around Greek life, but I have a passion for um, student conduct, um, housing, um, kind of across the board. Okay, well, let's focus in on student conduct with Richard Arquette. He's our guest right now. We're in San Diego at the AFLV conference. We're talking about student leadership. And now, student conduct. What are some of your takes on um, a young undergrad. I know these, you know, when you're 18 and 19 years old, you think you're invincible. What are some of the issues you see out there? Um, well, alcohol is a big, big, big factor. Um, seen a lot more drug use around our students. Um, plagiarism is academic dishonesty is, ah. is a big one. Um, but so that's probably the bi biggest ones right so now. So what's uh, you know a young man, young woman who likes to drink? I'm not even saying is an alcoholic or gets drunk every night, but how do you make sure that kid understands the gravity of the situation when there's a ton of alcohol and the bad decisions that could possibly follow? How do you get through to that kid? Well, I think that there's a um, the biggest. I mean, the biggest thing is just around the 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 education ahead of time. I'm getting. Like, Letting them know um, a little bit about like what are the um, what are the impacts of their decision making um, in college, and then um, when when incidents like that occur, having some educational conversations about um, this is the impact. This is an opportunity to kind of change your decision making um, and move forward um, with some better decisions. All great stuff, and it's great just to uh, have these conversations and talk about it because uh, if you. Ignore it. If you put your head in the sand, I mean, nobody's going to get any help. Uh, even that one person that doesn't want to hear maybe your advice or your professional opinion or even when you, when you graduate and you've got that piece of paper on the wall that makes you a professional expert. They may not want to hear it, but at the end of the uh, week, they might sit up in the middle of the night and stare at the ceiling and say, you know what, what Richard was talking about, that makes a lot of sense. So stay in touch with me so I can find out when you're a dean of students somewhere, okay? <laughs> Thanks to you. What, what is your dream job? Name it right now. If I had the power to say you could be this at this campus, what would it be? Probably a VP of student affairs okay. um, so that I could kind of have my hand in all the pots. Okay, and at what campus? Oh, Oregon State is looking really good right now. There's a lot of change, a lot of positive change happening on our campus, so. University of Hawaii, baby. <laughs> I'm actually interning there this summer. Are you really? University of Hawaii at Hilo, yeah. Oh, okay. Be, should be a good summer. Well, let's definitely stay in touch because I'll need a place to stay when I still weigh on a plane to Hawaii. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.